goes to Hollywood. I'm Sonny Bunch. I'm joined today by Phil Contrino, uh, who is the Director of Media and Research for the National Association, Association of Theater Owners. Uh, and he still worships Stanley Kubrick, despite Twitter's futile attempts to take him down. Twitter, no good for anyone. Um, uh, I am very excited to talk to Phil today, uh, and also a little bit sad, just because of everything that is happening in the world of theater ownership. Of course, uh, Regal Cinemas and their parent company, Cineworld, Cine has they've announced that the uh, the their locations will be shuttering for the near term future because of the lack of new releases and the lack of uh, audience interest in repertory offerings. Um, Phil, what is the state of play right now with regard to theaters uh, and and you know how they're handling the coronavirus crisis? Yeah, look, I mean, they're in a very, very precarious spot. I mean, there's really no way to sugarcoat it. And, and there are two, you know, um, core problems that exist now as a, as a result of the pandemic. And it's, it's a lack of new movies, right? That, that's crucial because in most states, there, there are only two states right now that aren't allowing, you know, theaters to open. Um, most states' theaters can open, just they don't have enough product to play. And, and that's essential. You can, a theater can only go so far on, on repertory stuff. You get your kind of, you know, diehard uh, movie buffs th that show up, but that, that doesn't keep the lights on. Um, and then, you know, the, the, there's a definite need for um, government support to, to get through this time. You know, we're a, a shuttered industry in, in you know, many respects. Um, you know, uh, revenue has, for most locations gone down to close to, to zero. Um, and it, again, they just can't keep the lights on. And it's, it's really through no fault of their own. You know, this, this argument, well, that, you know, the market's just going to decide what survives coming out of this pandemic, I think is really cruel. You know, um, we're talking about an industry that in 2019 was $42.5 billion dollars. Where you know, and it, the way the press covers it, we're the only forty-two and a half billion dollar industry that was on life support, right? I mean, it is a very vital industry. It will be again. Um, you know, I don't buy this notion that uh, you know because everybody's staying at home right now and, and watching Netflix, they're getting used to that, and that's all they're going to want to do going forward. I think as soon as we get on the other side of this pandemic, we're going to have a really vital industry again, and, and it's going to boom. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want to hammer home something for, for listeners, because whenever I bring up theaters and the possibility of them dying on Twitter, that cesspool of grotesquery that is anti-Stanley Kubrick and everything else. Whenever I bring up theaters, uh, there's always a contingent that says, OK, good. Hollywood's dying. Screw Hollywood. We you know who cares about Hollywood. They 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 hate us anyway. And it, it annoys me um, because it's wrong. I mean, I, I like the the it's one thing to say, OK, the studios, let's let's get rid of them. You know, they're they're But just those jerks out in Los Angeles. Who cares about them? But the you know, the theaters, the theaters are located in your town. They're they're They employ your friends and neighbors and all that sort of stuff. I, 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 I want the I want I want the NATO take on. Uh, what theaters actually mean to communities and to jobs and to local businesses and 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 all that good stuff? Oh, they're they're so important. I mean, you look at you know, first of all, in the U.S., theaters account for 150,000 jobs. You know that that's not 
a small number. That's that's very significant. And one thing that always sticks in my head is that, you know, I was talking to a member of ours once um, and they said, you know, they, that they kind of re resented this notion of certain jobs being essential. And, and let me explain that. You know, obviously right now, you know, you know, there are a lot of jobs that are important in terms of keeping people alive and, and feeding people and everything like that. And that's incredibly crucial. But to everybody who's employed, your job is essential. You need your job, right? And, and there are a lot of people employed in this industry. And as you mentioned, yeah, it's, it's your friends. You know, it's, it's where your, your son or daughter gets their first job and, and starts to learn, you know, what it's like to be out in the world working. That's in, an incredibly crucial thing. And in, in so many, you know, small, mid-sized towns around the country, um, you know, the movie theater, it's, it's the center of the, of the town. It's a place where people can gather still. And in these towns that are being so hit, hit hard by, you know, tough economic times, for, for that to go away is, is incredibly um, scary in terms of what it does to the social fabric of, uh, of a location. Look, we need, especially now, you know, and especially coming out of this, we need more things that, that bring us together on a common ground. And that's what a theater does, right? It, you sit in a dark room with strangers and you all laugh or, or you know, gasp or, or cry together based on what you're watching on a screen and it, and it bonds you together. Um, so maybe that's a little corny, but I'm a, I'm a, you know, unabashedly biased person when it comes to this. I, I go to the movies, you know, two times a week, um, you know, and, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to the day when, when we can just get, um, get that back again as a, as a cultural, um, is a significant thing culturally. Yeah, I you know it's it's interesting the idea of like coming together with people at this time just feels so weird and foreign when we're all we're all being told to you know stay away and and stay stay at home stay safe. I uh, but it's it's interesting. I I I don't know if you if you feel super comfortable talking about the science of all this, but it is interesting that as best as I can tell. There have been no super spreader outbreaks tied to movie theaters. I, this is a, a thing I hear over and over again from virologists and epidemiologists that this is like, it, you know, they, they told everybody to stay away from the theaters. But on the other hand, there haven't been any transmissions actually tied to theaters. Mm -hmm. um, I have I, I, I feel like the media and the government have not done a really good job of explaining the actual dangers here especially with the uh the the safety protocols that the theaters have put in place yeah no i'm incredibly comfortable talking about the science of it we, we deal with it a lot and and it's the science is absolutely on the side of movie theaters when you compare it to other out of home options such as restaurants bars churches concert venues and unfortunately we're still being lumped in with those even though our members are, have taken so many precautions and it's so easy for them to adjust to the new reality that we're living in. And in the science, not to get, you know, to, there, there are plenty of studies out there. I'm not going to go that deep into the weeds, but basically the headline is that, you know, this, this is, it's airborne, right? It spreads when people are, are talking and, and facing each other and everything like that. Basically it spreads most commonly when you do things that you aren't doing in a movie theater, right? When you're, looking at somebody directly for a long period of time and, and talking in an animated fashion or, or singing or, or anything that 
is expelling aerosols, you know, out of out of your mouth and, and helping them go further, right? You're not doing that in a movie theater. You're you're sitting in your seat. You're everybody's facing forward. They're not facing each other. And um, you know, the, the ventilation system. There's a huge misconception that you know, in a multiplex, you know, maybe there's you know one HVAC system responsible for all the auditoriums. No, not not the truth. Um, every auditorium has its own system and our members are making sure that that system is is funneling air out at a, at a much better rate so i think what's happening is um you know we're getting that message out there we have a, a campaign called cinema safe um cinemasafe.org for a, for a plug there um and and people are seeing that and as they come back to the theaters they're seeing the per- safety precautions and they're feeling good about it but i think what's happening is that some people can't get it out of their head that a movie theater is a Friday night and it's packed because, you know, the average moviegoer goes to movies, you know, four or five times a year. That's that's when they're going to a movie theater. But but that's not the reality of the situation in, in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. It's, it's staggered show times, um, limited capacity within the auditorium, so you're not sitting on right in, right on top of each other. And you know, um, you don't have to go to see a movie on a Friday or Saturday night. Um, and I and I think a lot of you know a lot of patrons are. are who maybe might not be comfortable during the weekend right now are, are going different days during the week just to, to get out of the home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is, uh, kind of a, a weird and unusual time. I mean, I, I, as a film critic am used to going on a random Tuesday night to go see something or, you know, a Wednesday morning, if, if that's when the screening is. And I, I do think that people are, have been kind of trained to go, all right, well, we're going to get a sitter. We're going to, you know, get somebody to watch the kids on Friday night and go out and have dinner and, and a movie and all that. And, you know, it is, it is hard to train the, uh, the audience to do a new thing. I, I am very sympathetic to that, that problem. Yeah, it, it's definitely not easy. I mean, it's, it's still predominantly a weekend business, but the, the whole point is that you don't, if you're, if you're craving the movie going experience right now, um, it, it's just not going to be with a, the packed auditorium the, the way that you have in, in so ingrained in your head that, it, that it's going to be. There are safety precautions in place and there, and there is, you know, plenty of social distancing. And obviously, you know, the, the switch to online ticketing and in many locations, reserved seating makes this incredibly easy. It's a, it's a flip of a switch on, on the back end of their ticketing systems. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can confirm as somebody who has still been, you know, going to the theaters now that they they've reopened uh, the audiences are small and the the distancing is pretty um, effective. I so from a from a uh, again, a kind of uh, is, is, is NATO technically a lobbying group? Are you guys are you guys <laughs> lobbyists or? Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. You know, we've got a government relations component, sure. Um, sure. We, we don't like to use the L word. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I, I can understand that. I, I'm not a huge fan either. But I mean, yeah. what 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 is the state of play with regard to some of the the state governments? I mean, I, I know I believe New York still theaters are closed. Correct. Uh, yes. in, in All large, things go through Cuomo. Yeah. I, I, I Cuomo has not covered himself in glory with this. As a theater fan, I say I, I get, he 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 is number one on my enemy list right now. 
Um, but but you know, LA is still is still uh, closed as well. San Francisco, you know, said that they would open, but no concessions, which I think is not economically viable for most theaters. I, I'm I, I'm curious what the the state of play on your guys' end, where where you guys think you are with regard to some of these uh, uh, legislatures and governors and city councils and the rest. Yeah, I mean, every state has been its own special fight, right? Because you're you're. We present our case in terms of the safety precautions we're taking, and then the people in charge of the state react differently. And and we've been, you know, ha- had a range of openings since I think it was basically May when we started seeing, um, you know, like, like Texas and and some of those locations opening. So yeah, every state is is its own kind of is its own thing, and um, and obviously you know too we're at the whim of um, any spikes in the virus and, and what that does to the, 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 you know, the ability of businesses to open things in some States have, have gotten a little bit looser. Um, some States it's gotten, um, a little more strict and, you know, in some States there, there are things, you know, as you mentioned, um, the thing with concessions in, in San Francisco or in Pennsylvania, they've put some pretty tough limits on, on what the capacity can be. Um, I think just the other day they said only only twenty percent down from twenty five. Um, that's that's simply not sustainable for for our uh, members um, to do, and, and they they're going to have a hard time justifying um, you know being open in, in that circumstance. So I mean that's why the the, the fight right now is really tied to um, getting getting help from from the government um, and, and being able to have liquidity. You know that that's the, the crucial thing because even opening up with limited limited capacity it it's a challenging um business model right it, it it's tough to to stay afloat and we need just just like i said a, a bridge kind of to to get us to the next point where um you know we can we can be sustainable again yeah it, can you talk a little bit about the the you how theaters have used uh, some of the PPP loans and also what you guys are hoping for uh, in terms of more assistance from the government, from the federal government in particular. Yeah. I mean, they've, they've used them to just um, keep, keep some of their employees on, um, you know, that's, that's been a big thing. And um, just, just to help generally sustain themselves and, and try to get, get back on their feet. Um, you know, one, one thing that we push really hard on is um, the restart act which is designed to, um, to basically help other businesses like ours um, get to that other side, like we said. So that, that's a big part of it. And we have a campaign um, called Save Your Cinema, um, which is similar to you know, what other industries have done, like the, the um, uh, concert industry. And it's basically a way for moviegoers to go and um, send a letter directly to their, their representatives. And, and we've had um, and just an, a an inspiring number of letters. It's, it's over 300,000 um, that have been sent so far. And we're going to do, start doing another uh, really big push on that here in the weeks to come. Um, we sent a letter to, to Congress that we got a bunch of big name um, directors to sign. I mean, the, le- the list just kind of makes your head spin, you know, everyone from Barry Jenkins to, um, you know, Martin Scorsese and James Cameron and, and, you know, we got Clint Eastwood, which when I saw that, I was like, hell yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, like I, I just picture Clint Eastwood, you know, going to the Hill and, uh, and telling them to get their act together. But um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's really, you know, the creative community, I think 
Um, look, look, they're re they're reluctant right now in, in some ways because celebrities are getting roasted on Twitter when they they um, they speak out, um, you know, and 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 can be kind of a little tone deaf. But this, I think, is a way that directors can just say, look, um, this is our art form. This is what we care about. You know, it, it needs to be protected. Um, we're not trying to save the world or anything like that. Um, that we're not overreaching as, as people who have a public platform. Um, we just want to protect our art form. And I think people, I think moviegoers can, um, will, will respond to that and, and connect to that. Are there any plans to have, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, the artists visit Capitol Hill and, and talk to the, to the congressmen and senators say, Hey, get your act together. Um, well, I mean, very difficult right now, with, you know, the, the <laughs> right. current circumstances. So now I think it's mostly going to be, um, you know, more, more letter writing and, and getting on social media and getting the public behind, um, you know, our, the various campaigns I just mentioned to, to make it clear that, um, you know, moviegoers are important to, to their voters in so many ways, right. Both in terms of, of jobs and just their, their cultural significance and, and people don't, want to see them go away, um, yep. which is a whole other thing we can talk about, you know, in terms of the way Twitter is, is reacting to this, um, this, this time and what's happening to movie theaters is very kind of disconcerting. Yeah, I, I would like to talk about that a little bit, because again, I, I spent a lot of time on Twitter and the, the amount of, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know how to describe it. Theater shaming, you know, mm -hmm. movie going shaming is, yeah, I find it disconcerting, um, especially coming from people who nominally say that they love going to movie theaters. You know, when I see a, when I see a critic who a year ago was talking about, oh no, the death of movie theaters. They're, you know, we're we're losing this great experience, uh, and and now they're like, well, don't you dare go to the theaters, or you're a bad person. Um, I, it, I, I again, I find it disconcerting, and I find it I find it troubling, um, frankly. It is. I mean, what we're running up against here basically is that, you know, a lot of people that cover our industry are in New York and Los Angeles, right? And they're, those are two, um, you know, regions of the country that have, have been hit really hard, you know? And, and so that definitely um, it clouds um, the, the opinions of these people because they just are surrounded with, a, you know, a more kind of um, a stressful experience with, with the pandemic. Um, but if you if you go to other areas of the country that um, you know have not been hit as bad by it, I mean, you know, we talk to members all the time, and they say, you know, yeah, I mean, people are are coming to our theaters, they're they're going to restaurants again, they're they're you know wearing masks and and you know kind of um, getting on with their lives with with those safety precautions and and trying to get back to some of the things that they enjoyed before. And I think to, to people in those markets, it just is very um, difficult still to, to, um, to, to get to that point mentally. And I, and I completely, um, I completely sympathize with that, but it's, it's harmful to the entire industry when they are that negative about the experience and, and they're, you know, shaming people. I think right now, you know, everybody has different things that they feel comfortable going back to right and and based on the safety precautions that they're seeing at those respective businesses so i don't think it's fair to to shame anybody for going back and doing something if 
you know, they, they feel like it's, it's a safe environment and, and they're being cautious about it. Um, you know, obviously the mask part of it was, um, you know, really kind of turned into a, a, a big conversation in our industry. But I think, you know, uh, at least cult, uh, you know, in the, in the United States right now, we're getting to a point where people are, are understanding that um, the masks are not about me. It's about other people. And, 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 you know, not to go down that rabbit hole, but again, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, the theaters are safe. They, they are members are taking the precautions and, and that's the important thing. And, and nobody should be shamed for going back. Yeah. I, you know, I, the, the primacy of New York and LA, uh, in this conversation is kind of twofold here. One, because as you say, this is where the critics are and this is those areas were, hit very hard. Um, you know, nobody, I don't think anybody would look at New York city and be like, okay, well, you know, they're just being, they're just being babies about it. They're, you know, they, they, they got crushed by the coronavirus. Um, but at the same time, studios aren't going to start releasing movies until New York and LA are open again at, in some capacity. Right. I mean, this is, this is a, this is a twofold problem. Well, what we've been pushing this whole time really has been because of the nature of the pandemic, um, never going to have hundred percent of the global marketplace. Right. So, um, and, and that's even more important now because it's becoming pretty clear that look, if there isn't new content, the theaters are going to be in a lot of trouble. There needs to be, um, you know, no matter what, you're not going to get the grosses that you, you would have had before the pandemic. That's obviously the reality, but you need to, the, the marketplace needs to be supported with new content or the footprint of theaters is in jeopardy. On the other side of that, and and that's a, a much worse scenario than, you know, maybe a few movies not doing quite what they would have done, but still, you know, earning some money and, and keeping the theaters afloat until we get to the other end of that. This so so we're we're pushing hard in that. I mean, New York is an incredibly influential market, obviously, right? It's it's incredibly important. I do not want to discount that, both culturally, population wise, everything like that. But if you if you take New York's share of the box office and look at it globally, um, it's, you know, maybe somewhere between one and one and 2% per, percent, right? Mm -hmm. of, of what you can do on a global movie. And, and we are in a global industry. So it's important to keep that in perspective to not sacrifice the entire industry just because of one, you know, major market cannot is not able to open. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the are you are you guys uh, I, I, I'm not asking you to go to war with the studios here on this podcast, but I, I, I am curious if 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 the the theater owners in general are feeling a little bit of frustration. I, it's the sense I get um, with the 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 theater owners versus you know the studios. There was I, I remember it's almost quaint now to think about, but there were the the big fight between AMC and Universal over the release of Trolls Two on PVOD. Like it was it 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 it. it, it it almost feels like a, a problem we wish I wish we could go back to at this point. But the the uh, the you know the simple the simple fact of the matter is if you don't have stuff to put in theaters, people aren't going to go to theaters. That is correct. Yeah, there there's definite you know there's definite frustration right now. Um, absolutely, and that's that's why our members are telling us, um, you know, push for to preserve the release calendar. We need these movies to stick. Um, and you know, Bond was a Bond leaving November was definitely a punch in the gut because a lot of theaters were, you know, hanging their hopes on, okay, we can, 
We can open in November with Bond. Um, Disney's Soul is still on the November 20th date. So they had both those movies. You got a family title and you got a, a title that skews more, you know, over over 25 and up and really just all demographics from from that point on. Um, and, and that looked like a good place to, to start again, really. And um, and that was taken away. And and now, you know, it's it's just about preserving what's left in November and December so that hopefully the theaters can open again and build some momentum because they can't, it can't be at a point where they, they only um, are going to get new content, you know, w- when there's a vaccine or into next summer, or you're going to see the footprint of, of movie theaters, um, you know, drop substantially. And then, you know, then where does that leave us? Not in a good spot at all, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I wanted to ask a question just because I, I, I honestly don't know the answer here. And I'm, I'm curious if you, you do. Could you, could you talk a little bit about the actual structure of the movie theater business? So, for instance, I live in Dallas now. Um, we have a bunch of Alamo draft houses here, but they're owned by their, uh, their, their, um, what do you call it? Uh, franchise affiliates, franchise. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. They're, they're franchised out. So the, the, the Alamo draft house itself is, you know, kind of split between corporate and franchises. Um, but then you have the bigger chains like AMC and Regal. Uh, could you just talk a little bit about the difference between the, the, the big national chains and how they are owned and run and the smaller franchise circuits, um, and, and kind of how they, they operate well I, I guess the best way to do is to talk about this in, in terms of the context of the challenges we're facing as a result of the pandemic so right so right now obviously theaters they need flexibility um, in, in terms of um, making their, their payments because they got no revenue coming in and that makes it obviously incredibly difficult to, to do things like pay rent so for some of our members um, you know they, they own their locations where their theaters are um, some of them don't own those locations and, and that's a little the more challenging, you know, right now. Um, so that, that component, that's a big part of it. Um, you know, some theaters are in, in a strip mall or, or just a regular mall. Um, if those malls want to survive after this, they need theaters because we're, we're guaranteed foot traffic. I mean, movie theaters sell more tickets than all four of the major sports combined. Right. And, they're incredibly crucial for those. So they, they, they're, they're a part of kind of an out of home ecosystem and they're an essential part of it. So, yeah, I mean, it it just, it's a range of kind of, um, you know, uh, levels of, of control over their own kind of, um, Mm -hmm. destiny in that, in that, in in that regard. Yeah. Well, do you, uh, off the top of your head, do you, do you know what the percentage of, uh, smaller independent chains are compared to the, the bigger, you know, your AMC's regals. Um, I mean, if, you know, it's, it's roughly, um, it's, it's, it depends on how you, the the definition of independent can be a little, you know, Mm -hmm. some some people will say different, but um, I mean, the major chains account for about, you know, uh, 40% of the box office, Um, you know, so it's, it's significant. And um, yeah, you know, they, they have the most locations, obviously, and, and, and drive a lot of change that happens in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's, uh, I, I was excited to move to Dallas and, you know, start going to the, the wonderful, you know, draft house experience. And now they're all closed again. And it's just, it is super depressing. Yeah, it, it's heartbreaking because we have a lot of members like that that, that were able to open again because their states allowed them to open again. And, and again, because of the lack of content, um, you know, they just weren't, um, 
they weren't able to uh, stay open. Um, and that's, that's frustrating, but um, you know, that that's what's essential right now for some of them is they just have to stay in kind of hibernation mode until they get a, a steady stream of, of titles opening. And, you know, the key thing here too, is it can't just be one. That's what we learned from tenant is that, um, you know, it, it, the tenant, you know, was, was cited as this kind of savior bringing back movie theaters and everything like that, but it really should have just been the beginning of it. And there should have been more titles following it because again, it's important for people to come back and see the safety precautions that are, that are being taken and, and start to feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so what are, uh, you, you mentioned a couple of different uh, uh, campaigns that are going on right now. Let's, let's plug those one more time to let the people know. Yeah, absolutely. Can. So, so there's uh, save your cinema so you can, you can write to your representatives um, and, uh, and tell them that, you know, movie theaters need support right now. It's, it makes it really easy for you. We've got a template letter that you just have to fill in your information and it'll go to the, the proper representative. I um, mean, then yes, check out cinemasafe.org. If, if you're still, if you're listening to this and you still feel like, uh, you know, I don't know what it's going to be like going back to a movie theater. It's going to show you all of our, all the theaters who have committed to taking these safety precautions to get people back into theaters and, you know, at least, at least give it the time of day and, and don't be skeptical until you actually um, read about what these these people are doing because these are you know business owners that are that are hanging on by a thread right now and and they're 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 living and breathing this this um, these safety precautions and, and making sure that their customers feel safe so that they can get on the other side of this and and if you if you value the experience of of going to a movie theater which you know it's the one you know most people can agree on it. Um, we're in a very precarious state right now and, and we need help for sure. Uh, I would like to second that motion. Uh, make sure, you know, it, I know a lot of people are scared to go back to theaters and I know a lot of people are uncomfortable. And frankly, if you are going to be uncomfortable in a theater, there's no reason to go. It's just not, you don't, that that's not a pleasant experience. You don't want to do that, but give it a shot. Uh, you can see for yourself how, you know, full or empty the theaters are on at Fandango. You can see, you know, what seats are taken. Um, it's, it's, uh, it, it's not as, it's not as bad as you might think. Um, I, I always like to ask my guests if there's anything that they, uh, want my listeners to know, if there's something I should have asked, uh, what, what, what one thing that we haven't discussed, would you like to, to, to let the people know about? Um, I mean, that's a good question. Well, let, let me put it this way. Um, you know, movie theaters, you know, it's for, for decades now, this is an industry that's supposed to have died. Right. And it's a, it's a very, very re resilient industry. Um, don't pay attention to the, the negativity in the press about our industry right now. Um, theaters will rebound and it's look, it's going to look a lot. It's going to look different on the other side of this for sure. Um, there, there's no doubt about that, but, um, you know, we, we are going to, on the other side of it, we're going to crave the, the experience of being together with each other more, I think, than we ever have been. And we kind of took this for granted. Movie theaters were taken for granted. And, and now we're seeing what it's like without them, um, you know, without new movies to go to see and, and not being able to, to experience them in the same way. And we're, and we're, re we're realizing that it, it's just not that much fun. Um, <laughs> you know, so let's, let's get on the other side of this and, and then we'll talk about, you know, whether the whether people are just going to sit at home and watch Netflix all the time for the rest of their lives. Yeah.
Uh, all right, great. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Phil. Uh, thank you I, for having uh, me. It is, uh, it is a stressful and depressing time. Uh, I can't imagine you're, you're having a ton of fun right now, but uh, thank you for <laughs> the work that you are doing to save the movie theaters. Uh, this is Sunny Bunch on The Bulwark Goes to Hollywood. We will be back next week with another show. Mm-hmm.